like a cool breeze coming down from a frozen hill. You are listening to an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC show, Once Upon a Time. And now, here he is, Darius, Teddy. From the chilling podcast studios in the frozen hills near Storybrook, I am Teddy the Yeti. I love spaghetti, but not confetti. And you are listening to the cool sounds of the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. So... Ladies, gentlemen, ice queens, evil queens, reindeers, troll rock thingies, and warm-hearted snowmen, Once Upon a Time Podcast.com and Rony's Own Media present the hosts of the coolest Once Upon a Time podcast ever. Put your hands and paws together for Jeff and Colleen Roney. Thank you, Teddy. Yeah, thanks, Teddy. Welcome, everyone. It's always such to, a nice introduction. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Welcome, everyone, to the main show for the episode called White Out. And this is episode number 244. The show notes can be found at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 244. Some of the things we'll be talking about tonight is, will the magic of Once Upon a Time have an effect on the Nika Fish and Marine store? We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about some new shops showing up on the Main Street in Steveston, which also would be the Main Street of Storybrooke. Storybrook. Mm-hmm. We also found, possibly, but we're pretty sure we found the place... Male wedding gifts to the newlyweds, namely Rumpelstiltskin and Belle. Mm-hmm. Also, Storybrooks for sale, and also there's some marvelish prizes that are available. <laughs> but you gotta, you gotta hurry. I see uh, what you did there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Also, is uh, Snow Queen and Emma's past? We'll mm. talk about that. We'll talk about a little Bo Peep. And we will be diving into some problems at the Storybrooke Realty Office. Ooh. Some there was an upset. I didn't person. realize that there was a problem at Storybrooke Realty. Oh, there is. Mm-hmm. You you'll find. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. All right. So welcome everyone, and let's go ahead and we will dive in right now. Hey, Teddy the Yeti, still chillin' with ya. Let's see what's new in Storybrooke, Maine. It's time for Once Upon a Time News. Now, we have some bluebirds that live up in the Steveston area. These are not to be confused with Snow's bluebirds, are they? No. I didn't think so. No, it's just a little kind of a fun turn of phrase. No, I know that. I'm just saying they're not the same birds as Snow's bluebirds, but they are bluebirds. They are. Excellent. So our bluebirds up in Steveston have been chirping a lot, and there's some very interesting Yay. information. And so I want to let you know some of that in- interesting information. So we did talk about that the NICA Fishing and Marine Store is up for sale, mm-hmm. and it is supposed to close at the end of October, by the way. Hmm. And... We have a link to the article in the show notes. You can read about that. And according to the local papers, the city is looking at the NICA building as a possible site for the, wait for it, 
the Steveston Library expansion. So wouldn't that be kind of it would be apropos? So very apropos. But it is really interesting because we actually went in the fishing and uh-huh. marine store, uh-huh. and we were actually poking around and looking uh-huh. as they were setting up the library for the closed state right. in episode uh-huh. two. Uh-huh. So we were in act- season two. In season two, uh-huh. and we were looking at the uh, the cardboard and newspaper things that were hung on the windows and you mm-hmm. could see the numbering so they numbered the window and then they numbered the cover so they could put them in a big box and then unload them and then you right. can match them up right so they, they have this it would have the same look every time right but yeah we had some we had some fun looking around i will tell you though that, that would make a very lovely library it would especially with the cupola in the front there that what most people would refer to as the tower. Yes. Though it's not as tall as the Storybrooke Library Tower. Oh, no. But there is still a tower up there, a yep. little beautiful uh, rotunda in there. Sort of, yeah. yeah. And, and, it's, and it's, it's very nice, and it would make a very nice place to walk into a library. I wouldn't call it a grand staircase, but there is no, a, staircase a staircase within that rotunda it's that you nice can walk It's a nice circular yeah. staircase. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. All right. So also, it looks like the sheriff's office was moved to Steveston, at least the exterior wall. The sheriff's exterior wall storyfront built in the parking lot behind the Purbeck building. Now, the Purbeck building is the shoe store that's on the corner. Right. Right across from Storybrooke Hardware. Right. Mm -hmm. And Caddy Corner to the... Library. uh, Free public library. Mm Mm-hmm. And that little back, it's not an alleyway, it's actually a parking lot behind yeah. mm-hmm. Purbeck Shoes mm-hmm. is actually one of the other doors to the rabbit hole. Well, it is, yeah, it's yeah. a door to the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. But what's actually behind there are, uh, it's a string of shops. So yes. there's parking and some shops. There's other buildings behind there and there's uh, some little shops there. Yes, and but that area was very. That's where the big the marshmallow mm-hmm. ice creature came out and stepped over that wall and said, "Don't block this <laughs> doorway ever. ever." Right. So anyway, there's a lot of really interesting. That area back there was where Smee was turned into a um, rat, mm-hmm. and so yeah. It's it's getting a lot more use now. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is when Marshmallow went across went across the street and he broke or he uh, tore the electrical lines and he stepped across the street, that's where Ruby was cornered with the mob mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. It's right behind Storybrook Hardware. When she was at the Wolf. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So the it also looked like Pajo's fish and chips, which we ate at uh, when we were in Steveston. Mm-hmm. It has become Storybrook Fish and Chips. So another store mm-hmm. in the Steveston area is now part of the show, right. which is pretty cool. And it was really good too, by the way. Yeah, yeah, and it's right there, right down a bit from where August and Emma sat on the little bench. Uh-huh. And talked in season one, and also right near where Archie and Regina kind of traded some words. But that pier at the end—that's where the 
Dr. Whale and Ruby sat mm-hmm. and had their really cool moment. Mm-hmm. All right. And also it looks like there was some filming at the Tapanad Bistro. We had dinner there. We did. And so we'll have to look for that. That yeah. was a very nice mm-hmm. restaurant. And speaking of the interview or the little recording that uh, Jesse Hutch did with us, some of the filming of Cedar Cove uh, was filmed in the North Vancouver's Deep Cove area. That's where Grumpy had his sailboat moored. Nice. So, mm-hmm. a little thing. And the honeymoon house with Rumple and Bell looks a lot like the Cecil Green house on the University of British Columbia campus. And so we will put some pictures that our little bluebird sent along. Nice. For that. And also, the we're going to have a picture of Any Given Sunday, which is one of the shops. Actually, the shop that took the place of the uh, veterinary or the pet right. shelter, which okay. is right next to Granny's ca- mm-hmm. Cafe. Mm-hmm. And you can see... You can see through the doorway that it's still being used as prop storage, uh, which, which is really used. It was the same thing with the Storybrooke Pet Shelter. I only think it was only fixed up once for filming. That mm. Actually, you could walk in that doorway and it looked like the yeah. Uh, yeah. pet shelter. So two doors down from there is the chop shop. And then right next door to the... Now, any given Sunday is Dupierre and Hughes Law Office. Right. So. And that was in there before. Yes. Right. And it has a little boat in the window. And yeah. All that kind of thing. So the chop shop signage is only as a doorway leads into several separate offices, one being a dentist. So, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, the chop shop used to be a tandoori Indian rest, East Indian restaurant, right. mm-hmm. and the law office is a Japanese fusion restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yum. Yes. And also, the cannery is still being used and in the show. And from what I understand, the scene with Snow when she was being told about DVDs and DVRs and letters. You mean in the power? Yes. Mm -hmm. That was inside the cannery. Nice. So they really use a lot of different things for that. Now, we talked about the library being up for sale. This is actually, to me, very sad news. Granny's Diner had a for sale sign on it, and I don't believe it was a joke, and I don't believe it was for the TV show. It was actually for sale. And it's one of those heritage buildings, and there's a a number of them. Mm -hmm. Jefferson's house is a heritage Mm -hmm. building. Mm -hmm. Regina's house is a heritage building. Mm -hmm. And actually, Granny's Diner is a heritage building. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how much it's going for sale, but if you've got some numbers of thousands of dollars. Mm, I'm wagering close to a million. Yeah. If not more. You can buy Granny's Diner Mm -hmm. and, you know, run that. And also be part of Once Upon a Time. So, yeah. All right. Uh, the little bluebird said it's looks like Once Upon a Time may have to buy out the whole village. So, man, it's it's kind of sad that you know just the economics of the area, which is so. shocking to me because how many people do we hear about all the time going up and visiting? True. 
un- unfortunately, there's a lot of time in between that. I guess so. so. Yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. All right. Let's let's move on to a little happier news from that sort of sad news. But I want to thank our Bluebirds for letting us know yes. that exclusive information. I don't believe you can hear that type of information on any other Once Upon a Time podcast. Probably not. So I'll call it exclusive until somebody tells me different. Yeah. Okay, so are you smart like Iron Man, smashingly heroic like the Hulk, mighty like Thor, brave like Black Widow, a leader like Captain America, loyal like Falcon, responsible like Spider-Man, skilled like Iron Spider, strong like Gamora, inventive like Rocket, or maybe these are quality qualities you aspire to have? Then bring them out. Bring out your inner superhero for a chance to win one of many Marvel-related prize packages. I got this email from Disney, and I want to let all of you know now through October fifteenth, which is coming up pretty quick, consumers can enter the Marvel Superhero September Sweepstakes for a chance to win a grand prize of a seven-night. Caribbean cruise with Disney Cruise Line on the Disney Magic. I've never been on the Disney Magic, but no, I want I to. Would love to. Featuring the all-new Avengers Academy. Additional prizes include Disney Store shopping sprees, Party City gift cards, and Marvel Superhero Family Fun game packs. So you need to go to MarvelSuperheroSeptember.com. That site, upload a photo of yourself being heroic or showing your Marvel superhero qualities. One lucky grand grand prize winner could be sailing like a superhero on the Disney Magic, or you could enjoy one of the many other Marvel-related superhero-themed products and items. So I have put that information in the show notes so that you can go there. And enter the sweepstakes, and I wish you the best. I hope sure. you win. be kind of cool if one of our listeners wins. Yes, and if you do win, please let us know. Definitely. All right, so let's move on to the next segment. Jeff and Colleen ain't no strangers to telling you what they think. It's about that time for Views from the Studio on the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. One of the most incredible things that really happened this week is something we haven't seen much. And normally we have these little sneak peeks of the upcoming episodes being released. Mm -hmm. But in the last week, we had deleted scenes being officially released from ABC. Mm -hmm. Normally deleted scenes are kind of leaked onto YouTube from the DVD sets. Mm -hmm. But these were officially released, and let we were allowed as anyone could view them and see. And there was two of them. The first one was a scene with Regina and Snow. Mm-hmm. And Snow, <clears throat> she broke into Regina's house and said, well, you know. I think it was her office. Yeah. She said, uh, that's right. You know, I'm a bandit. She goes, well. Uh, I think it was her house. Anyway. No, it was her office. It said that uh, uh, Regina was mentioning that the stroller gave her away and maybe she should leave the stroller at home and and all this kind of thing. But they really had a great discussion about balancing being a mayor 
and having a child and how to balance being a mother and a career. Right. And also Snow was kind of laying all her cards on the table because Regina said, look, I don't want to be mayor anymore. I was mayor during the first curse. This is your curse. You can be mayor. And so we saw that handoff Mm -hmm. that we saw mentioned in the regular episode. Mm -hmm. But this is when we see the actual handoff. And I think it was a great bonding moment because Snow said, I don't think I can be mayor. And, you know, Regina was kind of helping her out and but not guiding her all the way. But but it was a nice bonding moment. And then the other deleted scene was with Henry gold and bell well bell was in there for about two seconds true she left true but it was it was a great bonding scene between mr gold and henry yes it was and henry wanted to give up his memories of what he had now and get his fake memories back or just fake memories any fake memories at this point right and it was nice because gold finally had a time where he could talk about you know life is life is life and there's bad things that happen but it's what you do with them that matter and it was a great bonding moment yes so you had your you had your ideas about you let's talk yours first okay i i don't like that i don't think they should have released those deleted scenes because i think we have as little as possible on the dvd i mean we just reviewed the season three dvd set Mm -hmm. and even with the blu-rays there really wasn't a lot and there were deleted scenes but i just the more they do this the less extra bonus information and footage they're going to have on the dvds so i say let's keep it till later i i i just the more you release now the less we're going to have if at all, on the DVDs. And my opinion is, I think it's fantastic that they're doing this. I think that there's a reason for it, and I think it's important to actually keep up with these deleted scenes because I think it reveals a lot more about where they're going with the show. I don't think that it's going to reduce the amount of stuff they put on the DVDs. I think there is plenty, even with... Even if they didn't put deleted scenes, trust me, there will be plenty of extras to put on the DVDs. Okay. And I think they will do a a number of extras. I think they will include these deleted scenes, even though they've released them. But I think they will include those. And maybe they won't continue to release. Or maybe they will. And if they do continue to release midweek after an episode, all the deleted scenes for that, my thinking is there's... There's reason for that because I think that they've put so much into these episodes that are so fantastic. They cannot possibly show it all in the actual allotted time running time they have for the show. So they need to keep these out there so people pay attention to it. And so you understand what's going on. And so it kind of fills in the gaps. It's kind of almost like a bonus webisode, mini webisode, if you ask me. Yeah, I just... That's an, another reason I don't like these deleted scenes is that it makes you, we all know that there are very passionate fans that vocalize all kinds of things on social media to the producers directly. And I, I just think that 
I look, I enjoyed the deleted scenes. I thought they were great. But when you release them like this, directly after airing the entire episode, people are going to, if there are people that dislike the producers for whatever reason, it's going to give them another reason to dislike them. So I, I actually am against these deleted scenes being released. Look, I'll watch them like everybody else, but I just, I, I don't think it's a good idea. I just don't think so. It, it, it removes anything possible from being included on the DVD, even though they, it will be. But even you and I were talking about how when you play something at Comic-Con, it's not exclusive anymore because people have seen it. Right. And then when it's included on the DVD, it's wonderful that it's in Blu-ray, let's say, if you buy Blu-ray. But it's still already out there. So right. it's not anything special. And so the more you release things like these deleted scenes early, the less is going to be special. And that's just. But you're assuming so. that they don't have anything else they could possibly mm-hmm. show. You're right. You're assuming right. that these are the only things yeah. they were going to ever include on the DVD. Yeah. And I can assure you, I, I cannot fathom for one second that they don't have a ton of other things they could actually put on the DVD. Okay. So you are for. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I, am, I am against. Absolutely. Okay. I'm for because it's not spoilers. It actually ties up True. things neatly and it gives us something to kind of look forward to. I think it's generating interest in the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw that those particular clips posted on Facebook more this week than just about anything else. Mm-hmm. So, I, I do appreciate that it really garners interest, but I'm still against it. So this is what I ask you that are listening. Please go to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 244. We want to hear from you in the comments of this post. And I've just told you once upon a time, once upon a time podcast.com slash two, four, four, please go there and let us know what you think about these deleted scenes. Are you for them? Are you against them? And we really want to know what you think. So I think this is the birth of something new on our show. Okay. It's the opposing viewpoint. He said, she said, right. But I would like to actually refer to it as the fire and ice. Okay. The fire being fire the, and ice. the passionate one. Right. And the ice being the cool, level-headed one. Okay. What Fair do you enough. think? And it may be you that's the fire one week. Right. As in this week. And it may be me that is the fire another week. You're right. I just don't want you to fire me. That's all. No, 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 no. (laughs) Okay. All right. So anyway, please go to the show notes, and we've already uh, given you that um, URL, and leave us your thoughts on the deleted scenes or anything else in this this episode. Facebook us. Yeah. Email us. Voicemail us. But, (laughs) no, it's too late. Please let us know on the comments to this post. Okay. Of that URL I gave you. All right, so let's move on to our next section here. Hey, everybody. Thanks for dropping us a line at feedback at onceuponatimepodcast.com. Let's take a look at what you all had to say. Hey, wait a minute. Where's the mailbag? I think it's over here next to the space heater. Well, don't get it too close. No, no, no. I know. Well, we have a little space heater. Because Olaf didn't want it 
Oops, I should have mentioned that. Anyhow, we have some wonderful emails that uh, we want to discuss. This is from Mai. Mai always has fantastic thoughts mm-hmm. about the episode. And so I really wanted to focus on just a couple, but I'm going to post all of her email on the show notes, and you can check that out there. So the let's talk just a bit about the what she calls Frozen Swan. Yes. The scene with Emma and Elsa. And in Dark Hollow, Emma lights the candle after she sees the shadow go after right. Killian. Right. But let's kind of talk a little bit before that to kind okay. of get into that sure. a little bit. Because I think what she said was was great. Okay. She talked about how much she really loves the Frozen characters and that Emma needs a friend who isn't a family member or a boyfriend. Mm. So I, I agree with her on that point. I think it's good for Emma to have a friend outside of family. Um, and Elsa is perfect for the role because they're going through the same thing. They're both walls up kind of people and have let their walls down for people. Elsa let hers down for Anna. And Emma has let hers down for Killian. Mm-hmm. And so those people became her anchors. You know, we mentioned Henry and Regina, but actually her real anchor is Killian. And I have to agree with her. You know, and then she points out she lights the candle after she sees the shadow going after him. Right. And then in Rumble's vault, she gets her magic back and Killian's right there mm-hmm. with her. He's actually the one who kind of helped her with it. With Frosty, he's right there telling her she can do this. Right. So, I mean, there's... You know, there, there's that whole thing. He is her anchor at this point. When she came out of the frozen cave area, uh, she, she hugged him. Right. Tight. Yeah, yeah. And and was very, um, you know, grateful to see him. It wasn't dad. I mean, she was saying dad on the walkie-talkie while she was in there. But when she got out, it was Killian she was, you know, clinging to. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and then my also points out that Elsa is one of the only characters who is, you know, yeah, I saved her, but I still hurt her. So it's not, thanks isn't all that warranted. And I think that's even actually similar to what Emma did in bringing back Marion. I saved her, but I hurt Regina and mm-hmm. I'm really sorry. You know, that kind of, there's a mirroring of that. Yeah. So um, there's that. So. Cool. Yeah. There's also another section that we wanted to discuss. Oh, I know where it is. Okay, so it was the whole um, Charming okay. and Anna. So when he tells her the whole story about his dad, she brings out the excellent point that Ruth, his mother, says to him in season one, he regretted the decision the moment that man took your brother. Mm. He was referring to her, She was referring to his real father and his adoptive father Mm. so it's it's very possible that charming's dad started drinking after he made the deal with rumple that drove him to drink we Mm. talked about that in the show so she was agreeing with that and she brought up that excellent point that ruth even said he regretted that decision so yeah i mean i i think that's a very valid point there was something else that it's not in this email but when we we rewatched the episode is that David actually let go of the connection to the herd of the past with his father yeah. when he gave the steed to Anna. 
He said, I just, I need to, I need, I can't hold on to this anymore. I need to let it go. I mean, he didn't say that, but I mean, that was really what it was. Mm -hmm. And so it was another definite inside nod to the Frozen movie for sure. sure. So thank you, Mai, so much for this email. A lot of great points in the email. So do go read it. Yes. A lot of great points. Yes, yes. So we will move on to our next email. This is from Alina, and it said, I know it's late, but my sisters and I were thinking that the Snow Queen is interest in Emma and that she was part of Emma's, Emma's past when she was in foster care. And that's always kind of a murky time because we don't know who right. was there, right. who was... Right. Yeah, that that could be. That possibly could mm, be. Yeah. Emma doesn't remember. that We're still trying to work out how she... Uh, was how she came into the real world that the Snow Queen will have a connection to snow as well. So the Snow Queen, that's what she's saying. She's having connections somehow sure. to Emma sure. and snow. And that could possibly be for sure. That's yeah. that's the way the show works. Yeah. So thank you very much for that. I think you're on the right trail. Sure. This next email is from Brad. This is uh, good day, Jeff and Colleen. Hope you're keeping warm in the studio. We're doing the best we can. <laughs> and uh, so let's go ahead. Here are the list of things I learned this week in the episode White Out. Number one, there isn't a sorry your boyfriend's wife time travel back from the past gift basket. That's true. Unfortunately, you cannot call up FTD and request no. that. <laughs> no, the only thing I think maybe Henry could have done is thrown in the peanut butter. I think that, that'll help anything, but you're right. Allergies, maybe. Yeah, too, yeah. Number two, the Storybrooke Health Department needs to check any given Sunday for unsanitary activities. I mean, yeah, you people don't just stick sticking your finger a finger in, in the ice cream. Yeah, no. That's just gross. That's a no-no. Yeah, even if you are the Snow Queen or the White Witch from Narnia, still it's not good. Exactly. Number three, Emma doesn't drink and sheriff. Well, thank God. <laughs> thank you know. Wow. That's, that's pretty funny. That's good, good to know. But she will peanut butter and sheriff, and that's that's okay. Yeah, that's Number fine. four, somebody needs to buy Regina a smartphone for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe she's going green. I'm going to use this raven or crow or something. But, yeah, she yeah. can use a smartphone. Yeah. Number five, she could use used a mirror. Oh. She, well, we don't want to. She don't want to tip her hand that that's Sydney's back in his mirror. And that's another thing. We didn't see any of Sydney this time. No. We didn't see any of... Don't need to right now. I know. I know. They're just gearing up. Yep. Number five, Hook is learning to become a 21st century man, but still prefers paying with doubloons. I have to say, you're right. I have to say it was interesting. He knew right where to go to get the space heater. Well... He's been in the apartment before. My guess is he's learned all that. That's all right. not like it's the first time he's seen that, I'm sure. This is electric heat? Wow. He <laughs> yeah. He knows okay. he knows moving vehicles. He's been in a car before. Alright. He, no. He's not that far behind. No, but monetarily speaking, yes, but he's True. really not that far behind technologically speaking. Number six, sometimes mama has to get her hands dirty, and that's true. Whether it's with a sword in the enchanted forest or with it's a cleaver in the chop shop oh, in dude. Storybrooke. Yeah. She Yeah. But she should she should really leave her shepherd's crook closer. Putting it in the back room 
she can't get to it fast enough. That's she can't get good. to it fast enough. That's true. But she has no magic or whatever. And it is interesting now that the curse is broken that everyone has direct, instant connection to who they were. There's none of this, oh, I can't remember. It's like, well, of course not. Yeah. So it, it's just kind of interesting. If you watch season one, it's like, like, how come they don't know? And yeah. So number seven, Bo Peep was fleecing more than just sheep. Isn't that the truth? My question is, why in the world was she still around? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Again, again, Snow's curse. Yeah, she wasn't true. exactly known as being a nice person. I would have left her in the Enchanted Forest. Right. But not that Snow had a whole lot of choice with the matter. But what's interesting though is I wonder if Bo Peep had any kind of dealings with uh Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. Because I would think when so. she came over after the curse or whatever from the Enchanted Forest, mm-hmm. she's in the control of Rumpelstiltskin. So is as much of a warlord as she was, she's in Goldstown now. So it's kind of interesting. Well, yeah. Number eight, handcrafted Tuscan wood carvings are worthless during a blackout. That's true. <laughs> you know. Well, that's Grumpy's opinion. But even if you hold the gear and turn the wheel and I guess, yeah. He maybe could have helped. Maybe Well, I'm thinking, you know, a wood carving, as lovely as it is, would make nice firewood blue just needs to get pinocchio grown up into a grown-up form and i bet you august could have helped out they just need to make that happen yep number nine regina's attitude could have developed because of ornery townspeople yeah Mm -hmm. that's true snow was really making a point Mm -hmm. regina's just evil because of you I know I know exactly why she was evil yeah. because of you people. Yeah. Well, yeah. She was running on eight hours sleep in a, in like a week or three days or whatever it was. So yeah, I'd say she was Lack a of crouchy. sleep can do that to you. Yes, it can. Number ten, David may be concealing a rock scream deep inside his soul. Yeah, that long yeah. hair, Mr. Oh, yeah. Hairband, dude. Mm-hmm. I thought he was in Rock of Ages. I thought maybe they were filming Rock of Ages 2 or 3 or something, and maybe he was just getting ready for it. Mai called it the grunge look, but it looked to me like Rock of Ages 80s. Yeah, that too. Would you like to read the observations, Mrs. Roney? Um, I sure I would be happy to help out with those. Okay. So uh, one of the observations is that uh, he tried to like Bo Peep, but it just wasn't happening. So uh, he says, I know they tried to twist it and make her a villain, but when I heard David say, this is someone you just don't want to mess with, they call her Bo Peep, I just laughed out loud. When you get made fun of at times for watching the show, talking to coworkers about how Bo Peep is a powerful warlord doesn't do you any favors. Maybe if there's a reason behind the name that made sense, it may have made a difference. I felt she was a very weak warlord with her army of two. I totally agree. In Storybrooke, I found it unbelievable that she'd been the chop shop for four, three seasons and hasn't made any type of move, especially with the shepherd's crook in her possession. If the crook was in gold shop or broken, it would have made so much more sense. How they introduced Zelina into the town last season was brilliant. I realize you need to extend your imagination with dealing, when dealing with real-life fairy tale characters, but David beating both her guards only after one sword training session with Anna and then ending it with an 
MMA roundhouse kick was just too unrealistic, even for once upon a time. On a positive note, I did like how the crook had magical abilities. I have to say I agree with him. I mean, there are some things we kind of go, all right, guys, on further introspection. Right. (laughs) Why in the world didn't she go round up all her people? But uh, my thinking is, this is why I would kind of suspend the disbelief here. The fact that they couldn't see Anna through the shepherd's crook tells me that it's not functioning properly here, Mm -hmm. which means she couldn't have used it even if she wanted to. Okay. That's my that's the how that's going to get explained. And it's going to take magical people to make it work, not her because she doesn't have any magical powers. It's the crook that has the magic. So she herself didn't have any magical powers from what I can tell. That's my I, my assessment. I understand what Brad is saying and it is kind of funny. You know, they try to kind of make it a twist like you know, Bo Peep, who is a nice little, you know, Bo Peep has lost her sheep and whatever. and But a warlord. So it's making the opposite kind of a thing. Well, I'm and, sorry. Again, we talked about this. Right. A warlord of with an army of two. I know. And David didn't do a whole lot and he was able to knock them out. I still think Anna studied with Arya on um, Game of Thrones. Yeah, she might I think. Have. I'm, st- I'm telling have. you. Her and the hand, you know, they, they all helped each other. Anyhow, but I, I get what you're saying, and yeah, I, I wish, yeah. I did like the, and I don't know what movie it was from, but the whole Cockney accent and the whole hustling down people for money and protection and all. I mean, definitely it sounded like a mafia kind of a thing. Well, it kind of felt that but, way, but she, it, yeah, yeah, it's a little so. hard to actually take someone in pink striped petticoat seriously. Operation Nightshade, was Emma really going to name the mission after Plant that killed Hook's brother? Was the reason Gold manipulated her mother into killing Cora and almost took the life of her father? How about Operation Heart Crush then, or Operation Marked Palm, or even Operation Enchanted Candle? I think she should have left the nicknames to Henry. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's very... I don't think Hook would have wanted to hear that. But I guess if it was a secret... Another secret mission operation name than Hook would have yeah, never but known. Emma was not good at naming that. Well, I, to be honest, Emma had a lot of really funny kind of off-handed comments. Like she's the one that what babies dream about, and she said, "Didn't she say laser tag?" Yeah, something like that. So I mean, she was just kind of just rattling off these yeah. phrases. So uh, grumpy, happy, and granny. Although the scenes with Snow were very humorous, didn't you find? these three to be out of character. Happy's usually in good spirits, except when you break his stein. Right. He's really, really upset. I hope you all know what I'm talking about that are listening to us. Grumpy has always been willing to stand by Snow and Charming's side to do whatever it took. Of course, he would complain, but never would sit back and ask, what are you going to do about it? Granny is very, eh, he's got a point. Granny is a very independent woman, and I can see her trying to turn the power on all by herself, not complaining to Snow, who just had a baby. I would have rather have seen the deleted scene between Mary Margaret and Regina to explain the new mayor position. Now, it, it is possible. Mm-hmm. I still don't like him being released, but it still is possible that they put these scenes in 
maybe it was flip-flop. Maybe they mm-hmm. had the deleted scenes in the, let's say, blessed script, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. And then these other ones were kind of deleted off scenes, and they go, hey, again, I, don't, I still don't like it. But based on what you're saying, it's kind of making sense with what Brad is saying. They probably switched them out. Maybe. So let's take these two scenes out that are really great and put these other two scenes that are kind of fun, but not whatever. And, and yeah, you might have a point there. Brad. Maybe. So, Maybe. And calling you yeah, yeah. point two. Now, I will say this. I think Grumpy still would have said, what are you going to do about it? Because that is his thing. But I think he and I, I will say that he did at least go down there with her. So he didn't let her go by herself. Right. So that was something. And as for Granny, I agree with you. Granny probably would not have demanded something of a woman who just had a baby. She'd want to, like, babysit the baby or she'd want to, like, you know, take care of her, make sure she was comfortable and had enough to eat and all that good stuff. That's Granny. Now, I'm usually Sammy Sunshine. Sure. But I'm going to say this, is we saw the power go out when the wall went up and basically break down the power line. Yeah, one, That's one, transformer, mm-hmm. one transformer blew the whole thing. But to turn the power back on without fixing the transformer right. that went out. Right. It has something to do with fuel and something and turning on T-102 or whatever. Fuel and flipping a switch. So I, again... There, there's a lot of people that are say, oh, Jeff, that's the only thing you notice, but I'm just bringing this out. No, I'm, I'm with you because I, I, so. we were talking about that, and I'm thinking to myself, wait a tick. The power went off because the transformer blew. Right. Power line went completely down. Yep. And ironically, Marshmallow took power lines out last week, and that didn't seem to cause a power outage that Jeff, we're aware of. That's another good point, and I'll, I'll say one more thing, and then I'll get back on my sunshine train is Manny, hopefully you're listening out there, Manny, mm-hmm. hi, is these not too long ago and many years ago and all that, there's really no specific, specificity. <laughs> Help me out here. <laughs> I have not been drinking. <laughs> specificity. That's it. That word. To these, they're very ambiguous thing and we don't know when things are happening it's kind of like a long time ago in a galaxy far far away right but i know that manny is is very specific and where's far far away i know how many years does it take to get there how many weeks days months uh, but i look i watch twitter and i see manny tweeting at him all the time about years and dates and all this kind of thing Mm -hmm. these types of things i must (laughs) must drive manny insane Because there's no way to really... And then to fix things, then they say, well, the missing year to make up for Henry's growth spurts. Anyway, so it's kind of... Okay, back back on the happy train. Yeah. Anna, out of the new character so... Anna. Out of the new character so far, Anna is the most... Is most definitely my favorite. I love her humorous lines of dialogue. Elizabeth Lale is doing an amazing job while watching Frozen for the first time in forever. I remember Anna being my favorite character and wondering why Elsa was more the fan favorite. Although Elsa may have reigned supreme in the movie, in the show, she may be the weakest. We still have lots of time for character growth, though. I did enjoy the little Anna's 
line with David where she said, you, you're showing cowardice. And he walked by and kind of stepped back and looked at her. And she was like, well, I didn't mean that. She goes, no, I meant that. And yeah. she stood by what she said. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, there were many great moments with her in this show. And I said it last week. I really think they did a great job casting for the characters in the show. And Georgina Haig is still, I think, a great choice for Elsa. She is. She's doing a fantastic yes. job. I think that the character is suffering a little setback because she doesn't have Anna to kind of keep her on track. And she even alluded to that, saying that, you know, she needs her. She helps. She helps me control it. So that, I think, may be what's causing that, you know, lack of where Elsa's not, you know, shining like she did in the movie. But definitely Anna is a more important character right now, and she's she's definitely a stronger character. But they've given more background and more character development for her. So Yep. Snow Queen. Uh, the most popular theory right now is that this new Snow Queen is Elsa's real mother. I do like this theory, but also it also feels too easy. Almost like they expect us to come to this conclusion. Is the line, I'm the only one with these powers a foretelling? What if Elsa's mom had a run-in with this queen who tried to freeze her heart but ended up freezing the baby in her womb instead? After this incident, the queen may have had her powers weakened as Elsa's powers grew over time. Now her ice power only grows to and grows the closer she comes in contact with Elsa. This would explain why she never used her powers in Storybrooke before. The only way to grant her full control of her powers once again is to eliminate Elsa so she can be the only one with these powers. That that's a great yeah. theory and it also ties in with the whole dagger idea is that you have to take the power away from somebody else and you get it yeah and that's a possibility so, so again i have to agree with him because why in the world has she not used her powers before now she couldn't have because she wasn't in storybook the first time at least we never saw her i mean they they may allude to the fact that she was there but whatever she came back with this curse for sure so, yeah, how we don't know why she, we don't know, we, we are assuming she is Elsa's real mother, and that's a very plausible, you know, theory, I think. But there is also the possibility that maybe she did encounter Elsa and Anna's mother while she, while the queen of Arendelle was pregnant with Elsa. Yeah. And then when she went after, you know, Elsa and Anna's mother... Because she ended up not freezing her heart, she froze the baby inside, which was Elsa, and she was born with these powers. You know, maybe she made, uh, maybe the queen made a deal with her for some, and mm-hmm. so as a result, um, didn't didn't fulfill her end of the bargain, and maybe the Snow Queen cursed the baby. And that's another fairy tale. In the toolbox there. Sure. So deal and cursing right. and right. all that. She yeah. didn't uphold her end of the bargain, and so she cursed the baby. And now she's, and maybe that as a result, like he said, weakened her own powers. Mm-hmm. And so now that she's got Elsa here, her powers are growing, and she's realizing that her source of power is coming back, and she's going to try and take it back from her. You know, it's yeah. a great theory. It's a fantastic theory. 
let's go to go back to Bo Peep for a second, and then we'll move forward. Is it's interesting that everything ends up in Gold Shop except for at this point Bo Peep's Shepherd's Crook, right? Right. So was it there? Did she go in and steal it? You know, this is everything kind of ends up in his shop. Pretty much. Somehow. For the most part, yeah. So I would imagine something is magical. Right. I would imagine something as magical as a shepherd's crook that acts like the dream catcher and that kind of a thing Mm -hmm. would be there. Right. So I would think so too. So, yeah. So let's talk about something else possibly magical is Anna's necklace. Mm-hmm. Seeing how Elsa no longer has the necklace and the reaction Rumpel had when he realized it was taken, the idea that Anna is in the necklace seems like a pretty solid theory. True, that is a possibility. The other thing I would say is it's broken now. So... It looks almost like part of it got melted. Okay. Right? Yep. So, again, that's a frozen byproduct. Ice melts in the heat. So, somehow, if... I I don't know if that's connected somehow to her or not. Maybe, maybe... I'm sure we're going to see this, but clearly she went to go see Rumpelstiltskin. So, we know Anna had some sort of interaction with him. Right. And especially based on the look on his face when he realized that that necklace was taken, he's going to have a problem with that. That's going to create a create a problem for him somewhere down the line. I'm thinking. Right. And it's going to depend on what he did to Anna, what he told Anna, what he showed her, what he gave her, what he took from her. And we don't know how, but that the necklace is not whole. So there's a right. problem. Now, I, I get where he's going with this because when David talked to Bo Peep about Anna, she said, I have her in a safe place where she can't get into trouble, and she showed the necklace. In this type of show, when I looked at that and I went, well, she's in the necklace. We, we've seen people be put in objects like Pandora's box sure. or these other things. Yeah. And so, but... If we hadn't seen the next scene when he goes in to go get Anna after he uses the shepherd's crook. in the barn. Right. If we hadn't seen that mm-hmm. scene, I would have still held to that. Well, sure. That she's in the necklace. Sure. But it's almost like a MacGuffin. Sure. Where she said, I have her somewhere very safe. He could have assumed... You've got her. I need that, and I'm going to go to Rumple Sealskin, and I'm going to something get her out of here, right? But he probably didn't know Rumple Sealskin at that time. That was probably no. way before. Yeah. But anyhow, but we see that she was not in that necklace, and I, I don't, I don't think she's there now. Nope. So no, I don't think she's in the mine. necklace. But I will say that the reason why she showed him the necklace was not to say that. I've trapped her in this necklace because I don't believe she has that kind of power. The crook might have power, but she does not. I don't think she has any her own self. I think she was merely saying, I have proof. It's kind of like, you know, the mafioso thumb in a box, finger in a box, ear in a Mm -hmm. box, sent to the family to prove that the person, you know know what I mean? It's just a, it's just a much more family friendly version of that for this show. All right. 
a subject that you are in, very excited about. I am. And I am too. Will Scarlet. We know that Will Scarlet will be introduced to the show this Sunday, tomorrow, as <laughs> we're recording this. So I have a theory that will link the Snow Queen and Will together. I was one of the few people who enjoyed Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. I liked the last three quarters of it. Yep. Especially the second half in the episode To Catch a Thief, Will tells Alice a story about his sister Penelope, who was four years younger than he was. They had a lake by a cottage, and in the winter it would freeze over, so they would spend lots of time on the ice. One day she fell through a thin piece of ice and died. Will never went into all the little details, but I believe this new woman in Storybrooke may be Will's sister. Hmm. And again, that's another Star Wars thing, the sister. Mm-hmm. And that her powers came from her near-death experience with the icy waters. It would be a cool, quote-unquote, way to add Will to the story and sync up Wonderland with Once Upon a Time. Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. Very good uh, pull, Mr. Brad, there. Mm-hmm. So let's go through. I'd, I was going to say, I'd forgotten all about the story about Penelope. But yeah, that's pretty cool. I still remember the lizard. Can't forget. What if Elsa is actually Penelope? Well, I think that's what he's saying. No, no, no. He was saying the Snow Queen, Snow Queen. So Elizabeth Mitchell's character. Oh, God. I'm got it, thinking, got it. what if Elsa was actually Penelope? All right. Right. Possible. Or what if he had a Penelope, a different, totally different character, Penelope, not any of these, but she um, fell through the ice and was held captive or kept prisoner by the Snow Queen or something yeah. like that. Okay. So there's all kinds of possibilities. I, it's very fascinating. I'm glad he brought up that story because I'd forgotten about that. Completely forgotten about that. Burning questions. Did someone kill David's father and make it look like an accident? He may have visited a tavern, but that doesn't mean he drank on that 14th day. And again, this is a lost little trick he always do. Unless you see it, unless there's a body, or unless you see it, it didn't happen. People could say all kinds of stuff, and it's like, oh, sure, sure. you're going to take their word for it? Yeah. So that's a good point. Would Anna still have come to Rumpel if David's father was still alive? Rumpel's plan to get back Bay was very complex and involved many people, all being at the right place at the right time. Maybe, maybe David's father's death. Maybe David's father is not really dead. Well, it's possible. It'd be an interesting theory. I and mean, interesting little plot line, storyline. And it would be another, you know, good, happy ending. Too. Yeah. All right. Uh, Little Bo Peep's revised nursery rhyme. Little Bo Peep has branded her sheep and knows just where to find them. She's never alone when visiting their home, bringing guards with swords beside them. Have a great show. Thank That's you, Brad. Awesome. Very much for that. Now, this brings us to the next bit of we have trouble in Storybrooke. Someone moved to anyway. What? Uh, someone moved to Storybrooke. Well, lots of people have moved. This to person moved to Storybrooke and wanted to retire. And it sounds like he thought he was coming to a really kind of a quiet little quaint town, mm-hmm. but it really has trouble. So hmm. I'm, I'm going to play. We've obtained the voicemails 
to Storybrooke Realty. Okay. So let's let's go ahead and we'll we'll play that. Okay. All right. Hello. Thank you for calling Storybrooke Realty. Mr. Gold and his associates are not available at the moment. Please leave a message at the tone. Ta-ta, dearies. Hello, uh, this is Luke. I wanted to thank you for all your help during my move to Storybrook. It's such a quaint little town. I'm really glad I retired here. Oh, oh and uh, it was so nice. I got some wonderful housewarming gifts from uh, neighbors around on my doorstep. I got uh, curds and whey and Turkish Delight, and a big basket of apples. And I I ate one of the apples, and the strangest thing happened, it cured my insomnia. I've been sleeping like a baby for a couple of days. Hi, uh, this is Luke again. I I found the funniest thing. Uh, It was a note, uh, and it said, what to do during a wraith attack. Um... You, you don't really have wraiths in Storybrook, right? Well, anyway, I, I hope not. I'm, I'm just, uh, it's time for another nap, though. Bye. Okay, it's, uh, it's Luke again, and I found uh, another note on how to avoid being stepped on by, get this, Tiny the Giant. And it's signed two of the three blind mice, and then it says, rest in peace, blind mice number two, in our hearts forever. And uh, this has got to be another joke, right? Right? I mean, it's really... I got to go. Bye. Okay, Flying Monkeys, you... Storybrooke has Flying Monkeys here. Uh, Mr. Gold never mentioned any of this at all. I, I tell you what, I never stood too close to the monkey cages at the zoo. I don't even want to think about walking under a flying monkey. Uh, And uh, I I just am really, I have concerns um, about this. I I probably should have moved to Leisure World with uh, old Mother Hubbard. So anyway, what I did is I called Granny for a home delivery of a lasagna dinner. And uh, then I was told that the delivery elf was crushed by... Uh, Marshmallow, the ice monster, and something about there's no refunds for acts of magic that interrupt the delivery of the food. Listen, um, I I don't think this is working out. We've got ice monsters and uh, some woman walking around in her pajamas and throwing ice. I don't. I really have concerns. Would you please have Mr. Gold call me? Uh, I think I need to get out of my lease, and he seems like a reasonable man, and maybe I could just talk to him, and we can uh, get my stuff moved uh, over to Leisure World with Grandmother Goose or something. So, uh, anyway, would you please have him call me? Uh, Thank you so much. And and if you could also bring over some lasagna? Thank you. Bye. I don't think he's going to have any luck with uh, Mr. Gold at all, actually. No, no. I think he's stuck there behind that frozen wall. Maybe. I don't think he's going to get the lasagna either. No, no, I don't. I don't no, think so. No. I don't think so. Well, we wish Luke the best of luck, yeah, yeah, and yeah. maybe he needs a new hope or two or something. Mm. Anyhow, so the next episode is called Rocky Road. 
which has two of those meanings. One is life sometimes is a rocky road. Yes. But that's also kind of ice cream. Mm-hmm. Could be sold at that any given Sunday place. I'm pretty sure it is. Possible. Anyhow, I want to thank all of you for listening to this podcast. I want to give a quick shout out to another great podcast. It's called it is called Skywalking Through Neverland. So if you like Disney, if you like Star Wars, mm-hmm. if you like that kind of a thing, you need to listen to that podcast. Oh, you do. So you go to skywalkingthroughneverland.com. They have a lot of really fun things going on mm-hmm. all the time. Yep. And you might even hear us on their show once, yeah, once in yeah, a while. here and there. All right. So with that, I say thank you so much for listening. I want to send big love out to everybody. And please tweet while you listen to us. Yeah. Just give us a tweet while you're listening. Tweet, tweet. Say so listening to at O-U-A-T tweet, podcast. Tweet. I, tweet, I agree with Jeff. Tweet, about tweet. the whole the whole deleted scenes tweet, tweet. or i agree with colleen tweet, tweet. about the deleted scenes i think tweet, we tweet. need more anyway tweet, tweet. so until next time tweet, tweet. You, <laughs> please join us tweet, tweet. and colleen will stop with the tweeting tweet, tweet. okay goodbye everyone big love see tweet, you bye bye tweet, tweet. all right <laughs> i gotta find the end bye Thanks for listening to the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is a Rony Zone Media Production. Please contact or connect with us. You may hear your comments on an upcoming episode. We're on Twitter at OUAT Podcast, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OUAT Podcast, or leave a comment at the show notes. Contact us via email at feedback at once upon a time podcast.com or leave a voicemail at 657 333 Until next time, spread a little big love around. Rumpelstiltskin was voiced by Brad Pogress, and Teddy was voiced by me, the voice of Steve. You can check out my podcast, The Voice of Steve Podcast, free on iTunes. Say hi at Facebook.com slash Voice of Steve, or see what I'm doing over on Twitter, at The VOS Show. Check out everything I do, from the podcast to voiceovers. I even have a blog sometimes at thevoiceofsteve.com. Hope to see you around, and thanks again for listening to the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast.